My first book, Small Fires, an Epic in the Kitchen, is published this Thursday, the 25th of August. It's already in a few bookshops and I'll be doing some events in the UK too, so hopefully I'll get to chat to some readers in person sometime. The book received some wonderful reviews in the last few weeks in The Observer, The Sunday Times and The Eye Paper, which I'm thrilled about. You can read them if you're interested. And there's a mini giveaway for people who have the book next week. Lunch performance with a baby. We went to eat dim sum on Friday afternoon to celebrate Sam being free from Covid after a week attempting to isolate in the same house. Soup dumplings, prawn and chive dumplings, prawn spring rolls, deep fried dough stick in Cheng Fun, turnip cake, roast pork pastry puffs, steamed spare ribs with a few black beans and chilli, and jasmine tea. I had not tried dough stick chung fun before, which was like a savoury doughnut wrapped in a tender rice noodle. A pleasing combination of textures and effective at taking on the dressing in chilli sauce. While we were eating, two women arrived to eat lunch with a pram that occasionally bounced when a baby inside moved its legs. They had a big plate of fried noodles and something else I didn't see. Noises and laughing drifted over from their table. We looked over and one of the women was now holding the baby, who was visibly happy and very cute. The woman, taking pleasure in our appreciative glance and wanting to keep it going, suddenly said, I like to pretend she's a machine gun, and held the baby horizontally, mid-air, slightly under her arm, then jiggled the baby as if she were a gun, reverberating from being fired, saying, and there were explosions of giggles from the baby, and the woman, noting our rapt amusement, repeated the performance, but more. The baby laughed lots more, delighted at this game. Then the woman, continuing the logic, said, I like to pretend she's being shot, too and then turned the baby vertical as if she were a soldier on a battlefield and jiggled her backwards as if she were receiving shots from a gun. The baby giggled and beamed, looking around at us all, and the woman, now engrossed in the baby's joy, kept going for more giggles. The performance was surreal in the extreme. It was hard to make sense of the relation between what the woman described and the exuberant happiness we were seeing. It was very, very funny. The woman was just so happy to make the baby laugh, and the baby was so happy to be jiggled and oblivious to the description of violence. The woman and the baby became the central focus of the large, near-empty dining room with lunch stragglers and a few people having dim sum. Before our eyes, a gun became a laughing baby it was not the other way round. Language did not fulfil its promise and violence was swapped for joy that cannot yet perceive such violence and so erupts in laughter instead. Recipe. Chickpea chopped salad. We hadn't had any vegetables for a meal or two 
so I channeled Emily Merico and TikTok in general, which seems to involve a lot of cuts of people chopping, assembly and dressings, and made this salad for lunch, followed by a sliced nectarine. Ingredients. One tin of chickpeas, drained. 150 grams of feta cheese, cut into one centimetre cubes. Two handfuls of small sweet tomatoes, halved. A small bunch of parsley, roughly chopped. One head of baby gem type lettuce, washed, dried and chopped just before mixing into one to two centimetre width strips. Half a mild onion, sliced, or if not mild, soak the onion in water for 20 minutes after slicing, then drain. Warm pita bread to serve. Dressing. Two tablespoons of tahini. Two tablespoons of olive oil. Two tablespoons of Greek style or thick natural yogurt. Juice of half a lemon. Pinch of sugar. Salt and pepper. As much water as needed to get the dressing to a runny single cream consistency. To make the dressing, mix the olive oil and tahini together then mix in the yoghurt, then the lemon juice with salt and pepper and a pinch of sugar. Let it down to a runny single cream consistency by whisking in some water. How to make the salad. Assemble the salad ingredients in a bowl. Just before serving, add the dressing and toss. Toast the pita bread. Drizzle a little pomegranate molasses or a sprinkle of sumac over the salad if you have them for extra zing at the end. Mango sorbet. This is the best mango sorbet I have ever eaten and has two ingredients. It is so, so good. I made it after seeing Helen Graves post the method on her Instagram. Her food always looks so delicious and she recently published a book of recipes and essays about cooking with fire. Ingredients. One 450-gram tin of Alfonso mango pieces in syrup. Two limes. How to make. Blitz the mango pieces and their syrup in a, into a puree in a blender and squeeze in the juice of two limes. Put the mixture into the ice cream machine to churn for 25 minutes and then put it in a tub in the freezer. If you don't have an ice cream machine, Pour the contents into a tub in the freezer. Take it out to stir with a metal spoon every hour or so and repeat three or four times. Eating notes. The Mr. Whippy ice creams sold at the cafe hut on the public green near my house are exceptional. Smooth texture, milky and sufficiently seasoned to have good flavour. During this summer, I have gone once or twice every few weeks for a Mr. Whippy with a flake and sometimes with a cup of tea, too. I often reflect on how good they taste compared to others I've had. And my feeling was confirmed when a few weeks ago, during a visit to Canby Island, I had a Mr. Whippy that was so bad I threw it away after tasting it, and so did Sam. The offending ice cream was oddly greyish and translucent in colour grainy in texture, and did not discernibly taste of anything apart from slightly sweet. Later that day, after a walk through the gasworks on Canvey, 
we returned to Old Lee, where an ice cream van pulled up, promising to sell local brand Rossi's. I bought one with a flake to right the wrong of what I tasted earlier that day. The Rossi's soft serve was silky smooth, milky and comparatively much richer. However, it was a little bland and somehow under-seasoned, and so rich that I couldn't finish it. But in excellent news, too, there is a rumour that Ruby Tando is writing an essay about Mr Whippies for her Vittles column on incidental eating, out soon. A visit to the Nose bookshop, cafe and project space in Walton-on-the-Nays with poet Holly Pester and Sam. We spent several hours chatting in the back of the shop to Eleanor, who owns the shop, and talked about J.H. Prynne's kitchen poems, recipes as performance texts, and spaghetti. Eleanor took a photo of me, Sam and Holly, with my book in the window of her shop, the first time I'd seen it. We had iced coffees and Eleanor gave us the end of week's cookies before she made a fresh batch. They were vegan, almondy and macaroon-like, soft and a little chewy, with a whole roasted almond in the middle. An exceptional biscuit. After swimming in the sea, we went to Yates's fish bar and sat in the lime green booths and I had codfish and chips and mushy peas. Holly had chips, peas and a gherkin and Sam had chips and a pineapple fritter. We all had tea, which Holly said was novel as she would usually have lemonade. An ideal margarita in terms of its topping. The beautiful molten melding of tomato and cheese with a final fillip of basil. Eaten on a lunch break from recording the audiobook version of Small Fires in London last week. I had an espresso afterwards and a small chocolate that they gave me for free. The quinotto that I drank reminded me of my friend in Rome. Greek yoghurt, a teaspoon of apricot jam, a crushed amaretto biscuit and a dusting of cinnamon sugar in a glass as a working snack. Thanks for listening.